Welcome to Unsupervised Learning, a security, AI, and meaning-focused podcast that looks at how best to thrive as humans in a post-AI world. It combines original ideas, analysis, and mental models to bring not just the news, but why it matters and how to respond. All right, welcome to Unsupervised Learning. This is Daniel Meisler and episode number 403. Starting off with security news, a whole bunch of people have been talking about a potential signal zero day, but they looked into it and a bunch of uh, other people I know have been looking into it sort of behind the scenes and it doesn't look like there's any fire there. Looks like a lot of uh, rumors and not sure how they got so big, but evidently it's nothing to be worried about, which uh, it would trip me out if it had a problem because they seem so security focused. And also I seem to have to update it like 13 times a day. So yeah, we'll, we'll see if anything comes of it. European Commission's CSAM detection works by matching images on a user device against fingerprints in a database, but the system can evidently be manipulated to trigger an alarm for non-CSAM material as well. U.S. Congress got a taste of predator spyware from the Vietnamese government. Evidently, they targeted a number of U.S. representatives and uh, senators as well as Asia-focused experts at a U.S. think tank, and a number of journalists as well. Vulnerabilities, CISA FBI and MSISAC are urging people to patch their Atlassian Confluence servers, like yesterday. Super high priority. Uh, Patch Tuesday for Microsoft addressed three zero days and 104 other vulns. Got two high-risk security flaws in curl, which everyone's heard about. Turned out not to be as big of a deal as people thought it was going to be because there's like mitigating uh, conditions for how you can exploit it. CISA is warning about a high security or a high severity vulnerability in Adobe Acrobat Reader that's being actively exploited. Uh, Magecart has a new malicious uh, situation going on. It's hiding malicious code inside of website 404 errors. And Juniper Networks has patched more than 30 vulns in JunoS, including nine high severity issues. Copilot is raising security concerns due to its access to all user data within Office 365 apps. U.S. Navy sailor Wenzhen Zhao has admitted to taking bribes from a Chinese intelligence officer and passing on sensitive military information. Zhao, who had a U.S. security clearance, confessed to receiving almost $15,000 in bribes between 2021 and 2023 while working at a naval base in California. Coalition of the Tech Giants recently revealed the largest ever DDoS, which was like a compressed amount of a month worth of Wikipedia traffic into a two-minute uh, onslaught. It peaked at over 398 million requests per second, and it exploited a zero-day vuln known as HTTP2 Rapid Reset. Microsoft's new bug bounty program is all about AI, specifically Bing. Avos Locker Ransomware Gang is hitting the U.S. critical infrastructure sectors really hard, and CISA and FBI have released a joint cybersecurity advisory detailing the RAS, Ransomware as a Service Operation, tactics. 
Equifax just got backhanded with an 11 million euro fine by the UK's Financial Conduct Authority for their 2017 data breach. And AirTags are under scrutiny again, this time with a class action lawsuit, claiming that they're basically stalker's best friend, which hard to disagree with. It's really functional. It's also scary because there's a hack where you can actually disable the tracking thing. I, I believe that's still a valid hack where you could make it so it doesn't actually report on someone's phone if there's one that's not part of their account that's following them around. So that's kind of scary. The gap between top and bottom earning CISOs is widening with the highest earners seeing their salaries like triple those uh, who are not the highest ones. According to a survey of 600 base CISOs, most are earning either below 400 or above 700. The CIA has officially admitted that the 1953 coup it backed in Iran, which overthrew the prime minister and cemented the rule of an, a Shah, who was um, Pahlavi. And they're now calling this undemocratic. <laughs> yeah, you think? Um, best book I ever read on this topic of like the US going and doing a whole bunch of stuff to interfere and then having it blow back on us, which it currently is, right? Because we installed these people. And now guess what? Who's our number one enemy in terms of terrorism? Iran, right? And they had a democratically elected situation and we overthrew it. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, you got to read this book. It's called Blowback. It will absolutely make you face palm. U.S. intelligence evidently had concerns that something was being planned in the Gaza Strip. They produced at least two assessments based on intel from Israel. And they just, they didn't expect it to be big. They thought it would just be another round of small-scale violence by Hamas, but yeah, it turned out to be big, obviously. And Finland's security and intelligence service, uh, called SUPO, is warning that Russia is currently treating Finland as a hostile country, and they should basically stop doing that. And this is um, after the suspected act of sabotage on Finland's maritime infrastructure, which is the subsea communications cable between Finland and Estonia. And they're basically blaming external sources, uh, also known as Russia. Technology news. Harvard and Oxford researchers are using AI to predict new COVID-19 strains before they happen. They have a model called Eve Escape, or Eve Escape, or however they're going to pronounce that, it is trained on historical viral sequences to predict how the virus can mutate. And when they put in the data from previous it accurately predicted the most frequent mutations and dangerous strains of COVID-19, right? So evidently it did predict exactly like the Delta and, and the new ones. I'm not sure how tightly it did, but that's pretty impressive because obviously they can help develop uh, better vaccines. California is giving cities the green light to nab speeders with automated cameras. And Newsom did this because he said uh, traffic deaths are going up. The digital afterlife industry is getting crowded with companies like Microsoft looking at creating conversational chatbots of deceased individuals. I'm really surprised Microsoft is actually getting in this so early. I'd expect them to wait for other people to kind of fall on the sword and do all the creepy stuff first. And then like the manga companies would get in later, but kudos to them for getting in early. Scientists have developed a bionic hand prosthetic that offers improved control and comfort. And evidently someone has one of these and it can perform around 80% of typical daily tasks. 
Atlassian is spending around a billion dollars to acquire the video tutorials platform called Loom. And Saturday's annular solar eclipse, annular? That's annual. Annular. Okay. Annular solar eclipse uh, really impacted U.S. solar energy output. So they estimate that, uh, the experts who look at this, estimate that over a third of the country's solar capacity, so like enough to power like 20 million homes, was offline at some point because there was basically a three-hour event where the sun was covered somewhat. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It, I'd love to see like a total at three hours. I mean, that's what three into 24, eight. Um, yeah. So that's a significant percentage. Of course it wasn't completely covered for all that time, but interesting how much of an impact it has. turns out we get a lot of energy from the sun. It, and what's crazy about this is if you were to go heavier for solar, right? Which we obviously are. But let's say we were like fully solar powered. Well, now an eclipse is like a major deal. So definitely need to be able to supplement with other stuff. TSMC is spinning up its next tech bump for two nanometer. How small can they go? I mean, two nanometer? That's insane. And we've got a new map of the human brain that's more detailed than ever. It's not just a visual map, but it also includes cellular and genetic levels, making it a significant jump in our understanding of the brain. And they did this for some kind of primate. Adobe and partners have created a symbol to tag AI-generated content, aiming to provide transparency around content origins. It's called the icon of transparency, and it's going to be added to metadata of images, videos, and PDFs. And Uber now allows customers to call and request a ride without needing the app. You could just use your phone to call in. And I'm like, is this really a problem that we needed to solve? Evidently so. Human news, a 21-year-old computer science student, Luke Ferritor, Ferritor, has become the first person in two millennia to read a word from an unopened Herculaneum, I don't, yeah, Herculaneum scroll. The breakthrough was part of the Vestivius Challenge competition that awarded Luke a $40,000 prize. Pretty cool. Ireland is swimming in cash thanks to tax revenue from U.S. tech and pharma companies. Absolutely nailed their tax strategy to get more international companies doing business there. So now they're just like figuring out how to invest like these billions. The University of Arizona is launching a five-year study to examine if irritable bowel syndrome is a long-term symptom of COVID-19. And collaboration between American and Chinese students is dwindling due to new rules and political tensions. It looks like in 2020, the number of papers co-authored by researchers from both countries fell for the first time. And the number of visas awarded to Chinese students and academics by the U.S. is down to about a third of the peak, which was in 2015. One third. And Paris is dealing with a bed bug infestation. My girl told me about this when we were in Budapest. She was like checking everything. And it's not just the discount hotels, but in Paris, they've been spotted in places like the Paris Metro, cinemas, and even schools. And pro-Palestinian demonstrations have been banned in France, causing a major stir in the international community. And this came after 
a bunch of Israeli flags, which were raised in solidarity, were torn down and destroyed in several German towns. Ideas and analysis. So Mark Andreessen just put out his latest essay, which he's calling a manifesto. It's basically an argument that tech is good and we should all be optimists about it. I'm already an optimist and I already agree, but I like how he lays it out. I just wish he addressed the counter arguments with a bit more pizzazz or zeal. He's an investor and a startup guy. Of course he wants optimism, but I'd believe him more if he gave me a good steel man argument for the other side. The best schools are on military bases. The Pentagon is running the top performing schools in the U.S., outshining all other American districts in reading and math. So they're teaching around 66,000 students and 55% of their eighth graders are proficient in reading and 41% in math. And that's higher than the national averages of 29%, 26% respectively. I can't believe 55 and 41 are good numbers and like 29 and 26 is disturbing. This is for eighth graders. I think for parents and cultures that prioritize self-discipline and education, like Asian and Indian and Jewish households, those are probably like fifth grade numbers. And you imagine they'd be very, very high at eighth grade. I, I didn't have the time to fully look into that, but I'm, I'm sure that's the case. I, I don't know exactly what the numbers would be at fifth grade, but the difference in metrics and outcomes across parental and cultural groups needs to be studied and talked about a lot more than it is. It's a set of behaviors, right? This is not magic. We all need to start copying what we know works because we could see it working inside these successful groups. Kids are spending like five hours a day on social media. So yeah, 4.8 hours on social media and girls actually spend an hour more than boys. This is from a Gallup survey of like 1500 adolescents. And it reveals that 51% of teens spend at least four hours on platforms like YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. And they found that teens with lower conscientiousness and those with parents who don't restrict screen time spend more time on social media. Well, yeah. I mean, it actually is stunning, but it's like, I'm not surprised that those with lower self-discipline and parents who don't enforce rules spend more time online. I'm starting to think self-discipline is like the thing to focus on for predicting success. Because again, if you look at Asian, Indian, uh, Jewish, like, like these cultures and these, you know, highly attentive parenting cultures, it seems like this is the main thing they're getting out of it right? Is this self-discipline both in the parents, which is being propagated to the kids. And this is also supported by the fact that high conscientiousness, which is one of the ocean traits is the strongest predictor of future success other than IQ. So yeah, it goes back to the previous thing. We, we got to figure out how to start copying what we know works. And where are the women on GitHub and AI YouTube? So why are so few women creating projects on GitHub? Recent study found and this, I, I looked a whole bunch and there aren't many studies on this, but a recent study found that women make up only 6% of contributors on GitHub. And if you look at people with more than like 10 commits, it went down to like 4%. Meanwhile, women are something like 51% of creators on YouTube. It's obviously not a creative talent difference. So why aren't they creating code projects? I especially noticed this recently with AI stuff. I noticed the other day that I follow like a million different AI influencer types. I mean, realistically, probably, I don't know. I don't know. I, I've probably seen a hundred different AI influencers 
who are writing code, sharing, and talking about it on YouTube. And I've only seen literally one or two that are women. And I, I just want to know what's going on, both for AI coding and for GitHub creation in general. Whose fault is this? Is it simply a preference difference? Like, is coding just not as interesting to women? And if so, how much of that is something to be addressed or fixed versus just being okay? My problem with it being considered a sign of gatekeeping is that there's no gate on GitHub. You just post stuff. Most people who do post things get no love whatsoever, but they still post because they actually want to, you know, interest them. Therefore, they are posting on GitHub. They're creating things. And there's obviously no gate for women creating and crushing on YouTube because they are creating and crushing on YouTube, right? For, for non-technical, you know, coding content. And conversely, my problem with it just being called okay because it's a preference thing, with air quotes, will empower people saying that disparities in technical roles inside of companies are also okay because, air quotes again, fewer women just want to do those jobs. I believe that mentality raises biases in hiring managers and does create a gate, locking out women who actually do want those jobs. So I'm curious what you think about this. Got a few tweets here that, that propagate ideas uh, that I've had recently. A recommendation as you build your AI apps, focus and spend time on optimizing the broader pipeline of your idea, not on specific implementation details. It's a waste of time to optimize tooling that will be obsolete in a few weeks or months. Focus on the pipelines. And to those who think AI is overhyped because a lot of people tried it and didn't stick with it, I have news for you. Most people also don't read books. That's what AI is. It's like reading. You cannot do it if you want. 100%. Just know that you will be working for the people who do do it. And another thought on AI development here. A lot of consumer tech follows these four phases. It starts first as a crazy idea. Then their first version is like a cool gadget or a cool little app. Then it becomes a serious company with like a serious app. And then finally, level four becomes an OS feature. So most AI apps or companies that you see today eventually will become an OS feature. Right. It can't survive as a standalone app, really. Because once it comes into the OS, I think it's just kind of done. Um, now, you will still have the most innovation happening in standalone apps. But again, that will slowly start to seep in. Now, that life cycle does take time. So there's plenty of time for more innovating options to live outside of the ecosystem. But just, just know that if it's awesome, it will end up in the OS, whether that's a mobile OS or desktop or whatever. Next idea here, if you can only write publicly about certain narrow topics for fear that you'll get no views or even negative comments, then you actually haven't built a platform. What you've built is a prison with transparent walls. Why stand on a soapbox and ask the crowd what you should say? Just be yourself. And that's my advice to people who are out here creating and trying to build an audience. You've got to just be your whole self. Um, and not your whole, whole self, right? There, there is a limit to this, but in general, try to be yourself and don't worry about the fact that part of yourself is going to turn certain parts of your audience off. This will stop you from growing as fast as if you micro specialize and you just throw red meat to the masses. But this is my recommendation, right? Don't, don't build yourself a prison where you can only talk about certain things. And kind of related to that, a tweet is just a really abbreviated book. 
a book is just a really elaborate tweet. And that's because tweets and books aren't real things. They are arbitrary containers. It's all just ideas. Don't get too caught up on the format. And last essay here in this section here, triple dividing your attention to keep your attention. There's a thing that's been happening on TikTok for a few months now that's started with two screens, but now it's branched into three. So they have the main content playing in the main window, but in order to retain you, they also play something like a video game with action, like a side scroller or a car going through a maze or whatever. And it's like jumping over things and sometimes it crashes or whatever. So what happens is when you get even micro bored, like for a part of a second or even a second or whatever, your brain goes to the video game. And then you'll, and then when they say something or do something interesting in the main content, you jump back to the main content. Well, now they're triple splitting the screen. So you've got like something else visual going on in a second one. Plus you've got a video game going and then you have the audio and the main content playing. And I've seen myself watching these things and I'm just like, I mean, it works, right? Because you are kind of just like tracking all these things, but how is a book supposed to compete with this? How is a regular conversation supposed to compete with this? It is so, I don't know. It just makes me sad that we are, what are we doing to the attention spans of young people who spend so much time as we just heard on TikTok? I mean, how is a school supposed to compete with this? You have a teacher standing up and you're talking about whatever us history, right? And it's like, okay, you've got a teacher who's not like the best teacher in the world, probably by definition. And the classroom is supposed to like, not look at their phone and just stare at this teacher while they're talking about, oh yeah. And then this person did this and then this happened. And that's why they passed this law. How does that compete with a triple screen TikTok video? And the answer is it doesn't. Notes, Apple's new Snoopy watch face on Watch OS 10 is the sleeper best watch face on the Apple Watch. Has the most personality and the most variation. Absolutely love it. Like I genuinely smile like half the time when I look at this thing. And I uh, got an article here that describes the features pretty well. Taylor Swift's Eras Tour movie is out. I'm absolutely going to see this thing. I don't know much of her music, but I 100% consider her one of my heroes. And I don't use that word lightly. I think she's crushing life and that she's a role model for doing what you believe and changing reality to conform with it. To me, she's like a Steve Jobs or a Elon Musk, but nicer. So much respect for her. Jonah Hill's new Netflix documentary spotlights the transformative psychotherapy methods of Phil Stutz, who prefers to give his patients actionable steps rather than just listening. His approach involves a series of tools which I think is the name of the show or something like that, uh, which are simple steps or actions that can change your inner state almost immediately. And this is, I'm probably going to watch this this week. All right. Discovery Stompy, a handy tool for tweaking Mac times to specific timestamps. Scalar, a nifty tool that lets you generate interactive API documentation from Swagger files. Fuff which is called Fuzz Faster You Fool. I think that's worth a mention, uh, the fact that I just figured out what that acronym is, but it's a super fast fuzzer written in Go by Juna Hoikala. I think he's Finnish. There's a cool GitHub project that's compiled all of ChatGPT's system prompts. 
U.S. citizens or permanent residents with permanent disabilities can now get a lifetime pass to national parks for free. There's a fresh perspective on the four-day work week concept called 80% jobs. So 32-hour job at an 80% salary. thought that was cool. And then I'm like, wait a minute. 32 hours is still basically 40 hours. And you get an 80% salary, so 20%, I don't know. Sounded better when I first heard it. I don't think I like it that much. U.S. evidently has $5 billion in Bitcoin. A Bay Area gang was slashing BART seats as part of an upholstery racket. I never expected to see upholstery and racket right next to each other. AI is getting pretty good at predicting earthquakes. Mark Manson has curated a list of 14 nonfiction books he believes everyone should read. OpenAI's GPT Discord is a robust all-in-one GPT interface for Discord, enabling users to chat like GPT, generate AI art, moderate servers, and get AI-assisted insights. A new automation startup, Relay, is aiming to outdo Zapier by offering a workflow automation platform that uses AI and goes beyond usual triggers and actions. I've been messing around with Make, too, as an alternative to Zapier. Job hunting for software engineers has taken a strange turn, especially for contractors. This piece is basically saying it used to be like a two-week process, but now it's stretching into months with no leads. HotSat1, that's a good name, is a new high-resolution thermal satellite that can show temperature differences down to a resolution of 33 feet, which is way better than like 330 feet or 1,600 feet or 3,300 feet for previous generations. Microsoft Paint is getting AI called uh, Paint Co-Creator. Helps you create artwork by just describing what you want. Google is letting users generate AI images directly from the search bar. I did not know this. I need to go play with this. SaaS startup founders share advice they'd give to their younger selves. Kubia.ai is using ChatGPT to streamline DevOps. And Apple's iPhone and Apple Watch continue to be the most popular among teenagers. 87% owning an iPhone and 34% owning an Apple Watch. And the survey says that... 88% of teens expect their next phone to be an iPhone. And the recommendation of the week, I'm getting tons of insanely valuable insights out of watching Robert Sapolsky clips on YouTube. He's one of Huberman's mentors at Stanford. And I first came across him when I read Behave back in 2017. It's one of my top 50 books and made it to the bookshelf. And Sapolsky is working on what I consider to be some of the most important questions at the intersection of biology and human behavior. Highly recommended. And the aphorism for the week, genius is nothing more or less than childhood recovered at will. Genius is nothing more or less than childhood recovered at will. Charles Baulier. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a Neumann U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.